Welcome to My Divine Life Podcast with your hosts, Patricia Aaron Carr and Tamarin Preston. Thank you for joining us as we explore spiritual topics and belief systems from both our own perspective and the perspective of others. Hi. Hi. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be doing this with you. I'm so excited. Right now, um, you and I are both on our own spiritual journeys, which are similar, mm -hmm. but different Yes, in a lot of respects. So it's been exciting and I'm glad um, that we finally decided to do this together. I'm so excited. I think that we have um, a lot to offer just from what we've learned recently. Uh, and I'm excited about learning new things too, which I know um, this will be a good um, mechanism for. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very excited about today's topic because it has something to do, uh, with that until 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, um, I was actually completely unfamiliar with <laughs> other than hearing the term, uh -huh. not knowing what it was. And, um, it's the concept of shadow work, Yes, which you likened to working on those issues maybe that we hide in our subconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are the things that we aren't fully aware exist, but they manifest themselves in our everyday lives. Definitely. Lives like uh, limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. bad habits, maybe triggers Definitely. in negative situations. We're always responding to them. Right. So mm -hmm. what what is your take on this? Tell us, uh, what is a little bit of background on say the shadow because okay. that is like the core concept, right? Is right, right. Exactly. So as I understand it, um, it was the, referring to it as, uh, the shadow, uh, was actually coined by Carl Jung when he worked with Freud. Um, as probably a lot of people are, um, familiar with Freud did a lot of work, uh, with not only just ego and id and all of that parts of our psyche, but um, the conscious mind and the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. Right. And so uh, the shadow, where we put things in the shadow, is another way to refer to that subconscious mind. The part of our um, thinking and the, our, our mind or psyche that we are not aware of, that's not in our, uh, the foreground of our understanding um, from day to day. Um, I think that we people that we're close to or pe even people that we run into on the street, you know, when you, you, something ha you have some kind of uh, altercation and, or you step accidentally step in the line in front of someone or, you know, and then they really react <laughs> and you're like, Ooh, that was so like maligned. That was not for me. <laughs> you, just, right. you just know that you're like, you're not, you don't even feel it. Right. That would definitely be a really, obviously when you have that moment, like, that person isn't even reacting to me. They're reacting to some wound from um, what's in the shadow or in the subconscious mind. Right. Okay. But this is where it's interesting for mm -hmm. me because um, say that happened to me and somebody completely overreacted. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, oh, they're having a bad day because sure. there's no way that anybody ever reacts like yeah. that unless. But what you're saying is it goes deeper than that. Sure. Well, I think everything that is ever... Oh, that's a puppy. That's our puppy. <laughs> There's a puppy back there, guys. I, um, everything that is that is in our um, awareness is more than than the simple reflection, the, the simple aspect that it is. Like this pencil, I am in vibrational alignment with this pencil. 
and my soul can be giving me a message about this pencil. And actually, as I just say that, my intuition is kicking in and Dixon Ticonderoga is, uh, that's like kind of the most common pencil. And I'm actually, it brought me saying those words and reading those words brought me back to fifth grade. Oh, and in a particular emotional frequency, it actually is bringing me and now, okay, so I'm now, I'm just riffing here. <laughs> this is just, this is jazz. This is what this is. Um, so I'm actually picking up on, <laughs> I'm picking up on this time when I was in, so it was fifth grade and I, um, kind of had this time of experimenting where I stopped doing my homework hmm. and, um, I, I was hanging out with like a new friend or two or so. Actually, no, it wasn't a new friend, but it, I had kind of started really hanging out with Summer Holcomb and we, I stopped doing homework and it was a way for, it was a kind of an acting out. I wanted to see if my parents would notice and I wanted to see what would happen. So it was actually a bit of creativity. Um, I didn't like the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know your parents. And, and, I, and I, I remember that it got to this place where I had not done my homework so many times that I'm remembering this moment where the teacher said, everyone stand up and everyone stood up. And then she called off names and the names she didn't call. And as you call off your name, you sit down. And the only people left standing were Summer and me because <gasps> we were the only ones who hadn't done our homework. Oh, oh gosh. And so this is actually really interesting because what we're going to get to in a moment. So my soul is telling me the story right now. Mm. My soul is confirming for me in that moment. I was an anti-leader, mm. meaning leader like L-E-A-D. And through the exercise that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, I actually told you earlier that I just rediscovered one of my core beliefs that I had um, masked from myself by it was be, by being in the shadow, and that was that I it is a core belief of mine that I want to be a leader, and that being a leader is important to me. And that was a moment where I was standing up in the room, and I actually the way my memory is is repeating it back to me right now. I was in, I was way up at the front of the class and Summer was like behind me. So I was even, you know, metaphorically leading that situation. Right. But it wasn't in the way that I wanted to lead it. So anyway, a pencil. <laughs> yeah. As simple as it is, yes. my soul is bringing something to my awareness. Um, and your soul's only problem is wanting to feel connection. And the best way to, one of the fastest ways to feel connection or expand awareness well, there's plenty of ways, and this is like what this is all about, you know, working on our spiritual paths, our belief systems, meditation, prayer, you know, all the different things we do. But shadow work is a really great way to do it because it builds self-love. Oh, right. Okay. So it's bringing mm -hmm. those things that are affecting you in everyday life that you might not be completely aware of, mm -hmm. and it's shining a light on them. Yes. Right. Right? Which is scary. It can be scary. It can be scary, but the lead up in my experience so far... I mean, if there are, they are things that have already happened to you. Right. They're in the past. They don't exist anymore. They can't hurt you anymore. They don't really exist. You're reliving them over and over. Right. You're, because even though you're not consciously reliving them, you're responding to them. And, and, and the, the reliving of it is being done from the understanding of an infant or an adolescent, because these wounds, these primary ones, they really occurred before age eight, between infancy and like approximately age eight. So it's with the reasoning of a child too, which is why an otherwise really competent adult might react in a way that is illogical and emotionally unsound. Right. Like yeah. blowing up at the person who yeah. accidentally stepped in front of them in line. Okay. That exactly. makes, that makes perfect sense. And that's an extreme example. Sure. This, there, you know, there, there are countless ways that we're doing and it's a lifelong journey. 
but doing this healing is just the most you know rewarding thing because again like i was saying this so self-love self-healing um is it is a fast track to expanding um your awareness uh because you know when we, we in this podcast we want to talk about all kinds of beliefs mm-hmm. and belief systems and a lot of people probably know that the golden rule is in it's some version in a pretty much every major religion um, or a belief system right um Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's how it's phrased in the Christian um, aspect. So in that principle of loving your neighbor as yourself, the foundation of that is loving yourself. Because you can't love your neighbor more than yourself. As yourself. Right. So loving yourself and healing your, you know, healing this um, division between yourself um, is the key to being able to be connected. Right. With others and everyone. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would like to take a step back mm-hmm. actually. And you talked about one of the, you talked about one example of, um, how this, how this, what we keep hidden in the shadow affects our everyday life. How, how would we see that manifest? Um, another, what are some other examples of that? Because people from that example might not, might not click with them, but sure. What are some other things? Yeah. So on a personal note, because uh, I already mentioned how I um, really brought into conscious awareness my core belief or my core desire to have um, positions of leadership or a position of leadership. Right. So then how that manifested, that how that being in the shadow and being basically a wound that um, I was responding to. Um, a wound. Okay. Yes. So let me I just explain let that. Me, yes. Mm-hmm. Let's expand on that mm-hmm. really quick before you sure. move forward, uh, because that's essentially what it is. It's a mm-hmm. wound that was created a really, really, really long time ago that's still affecting us today. Exactly. Okay. So in my particular situation regarding leadership, and, and this is an onion, so I'll probably discover other things that, you know, in relation to uh, both the positive and negative um, acid, the pol- polarities of this, you know, there's, there, it, 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 I'll uncover different things. But um, a, a theme from my childhood with my uh, parents was uh, children are to be seen and not heard. And so if that was basically what my parents were reflecting to me, that was literally told to me several times. That was something, and, and, and then it was, enact, it was enacted upon me a lot. Um, so if children are to be seen and not heard, but I'm a leader. So I am, I, my um, adolescent, you know, childhood under I I have to win the favor of my parents I have to be in their favor because I depend on them to survive my body needs them to survive um that's that's the reality of being a human but my perfect soul is is inside that body my perfect soul is is radiating I'm a leader like I come here to be a leader (laughs) right in love and then my parents are children to be seen and not heard and I'm like oh but I can't even be a leader at all if I die (laughs) So, so then I take that leadership desire and I put it in the shadow because I believe as an adolescent with my limited capacity to reason that if I continue to, um, pursue that aspect of my personality or my being, um, I will lose my relationship with them and Mm -hmm. I will die. And so I hide it. And so now I am, I basically have created, I wounded myself. I have a kind of a critical wound in my being where I have two me's now. One me that I'm hiding and one me that is pretending like she doesn't exist. Oh, interesting. And that's what the shadow is. 
It's in the shadow because I'm hiding it because okay. I need to because I'm going to die otherwise. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So then fast forward to um, me being 20 years old and I am in a relationship with a person that completely dominates me. So I'm still in that extreme of hiding it entirely. I have no life of my own. Right. I can... You- you cut your hair the way he wanted. You I dressed yep. the way he wanted. You. I had the. Do- didn't I have a car. Didn't have a car because he was controlling the finances. Meanwhile, he didn't even, you know, uh, I was making all of the money, but he controlled the finances in that he, you know, spent too much of them on addictive behaviors and, yeah, and so I, I, and, and right, I didn't have a car, so I couldn't go very far. You know, right. this was before Uber. <laughs> well, before. Was there a time well. before Uber? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so that's like my 20s, and so that went on for a while, and then I decided to not die. And actually, when I broke that relationship, I um, I had a moment where I thought I was going to die. And not because I was, like, so in love with him or whatever. I also thought I was going to die by staying. Mm-hmm. So I'm still reliving that old wound of, I'm going to die if I don't pay attention if I, you know, if I'm not a leader or, you know, this polarity of leadership or or non-leadership. Right. And then I move into my thirties and pick a way better partner, way amazing, totally supportive, going to allow me to do anything. But then I'm still moving through like with different, um, expressions of my life that are getting a little close to it. And then I, I start to express some leadership, but it's still not perfect. It's still, they haven't been perfect yet. Not that I expect perfection, you know, but, there's, but, um, and then, you know, I, I, I start to gain a little ground when I do something like take, take leadership positions and allow myself to do that. Right. And along the way, even when I'm taking leadership positions, I will do, I, I still struggled with taking the leadership position and then apologizing for it. Ugh. Like that's the, then I was in that place and that's, Oh, that's the worst, you know? Well, you know, and I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because, um, even though we're speaking about this in a spiritual sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, people do that mm-hmm. and, and probably it's related back to these things that, yeah. you know, these behaviors that they learned in childhood, but we do that. Like we want to hide, we want to yeah. apologize for being ourselves. We want to, yeah. you know, and that is, um, but you're saying that that's something that can be overcome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, conscious awareness, you shining a light on it. That's that, that, um, that is, can overcome anything and certainly, um, you know, and then specifically related to this, what, what is great about it. And so psychology, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling. Psychology definitely addresses a lot of this. Um, in my experience, and then it completely depends on the practitioner, how, um, efficient it is. Um, in my experience with psych- psychological, psychiatry, psychology, uh, talk therapy and talk therapy can be really great. Cause that's what we're doing. We're talking and we're, we're trying to explore. And then, you know, the, they'll all trite um, and how does that make you feel? Mm. Um, but sometimes, but because they are meant, this is one of the, this is something I just discovered the other day. For me, one of the primary problems with psychiatry and psychology is that the practitioner is, um, asked to be completely objective, which is an impossibility because we're human. That's right. And if they could actually use their experience and their body and their being, if they were, if they, they didn't have that um, unrealistic expectation, I think they, and I should say when they are, because they certainly are. Plenty of them do do that, even even though, you know, the, the science would tell them otherwise. I think they're a little more effective because then they can meet the, um, the client where they are and co-heal. 
Right. Really. Right. But sometimes psychiatry, psychiatry and psychology also will focus a little more on the symptoms oh, rather than right. shining a light on that wound, you know, the cause. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So they want, you know, you've had this wound and it causes you to be anxious in some areas of your life mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I, I see what you're saying. So, mm-hmm. so they're treating anxiety instead of saying, yes, anxiety, and that needs to be addressed because it does. Mm-hmm. Like it's a real problem. Like it can yeah. be debilitating. But let's go a step further and let's find out why. Like what happened? What was that event that caused this? And even when they do people? that, sometimes they'll go back and why? And they do because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, and you know, your mother and all this kind of stuff, whatever it is. But what you need to do is go even deeper in and be with that child that was so powerfully wounded right. and feel all of those feelings for that child. Oh, no, that's scary. <laughs> that sounds so scary. In Did all you do of this? I've been oh. doing this. I want to cry because... But um, see, it already happened to you. You're right. The, the experience already happened mm-hmm. to you. You were already told you were to be seen mm-hmm. and not heard. Yes. So essentially, shut up. You know, deny, denying you, denying the fact that you're this whole person, even Mm -hmm. though you're five or six, they were denying you as a person. Yes. And, um, that created a wound. So you go back, you sit with this wounded five or six year old. And what do you do? You tell them, look, yeah, they made a mistake. You know, there's a, there's a few ways you can approach it. So when I've done it with a client, um, you can, whatever feels natural to the client. Um, there was this one client that I had fairly recently and she went back, um, to when she was actually in the hospital still in the little, you know, incubator and, um, and then like her parent, you know, this, I think she was born in the sixties and they still had them like looking through the glass. I don't know if they do that anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and she had been told a story. I mean, she was an infant, so she didn't have actual physical memory of it, but she had been told that when they looked through the glass that I don't remember one person, I think the mother said it or somebody said it to the mother, like an uncle said it to the mother, somebody, the exchange was something like, um, Oh, Oh, look at her. She already looks Jewish. Oh, something like that. But it was meant to be like, it was meant to be an insult. Insult. Yeah. I mean, she's a perfect little, she's a nothing yet. She's not any religious affiliation. (laughs) Or I know that that's an ethnicity as well, but still, you know what I mean? Like, you're still not even an ethnicity yet. You're a perfect little creature. Right. Uh, Anyway, the point is, um, she was lying there a perfect creature, a perfect being, and she was already being judged by her caretakers, by her, you know. Right. So, um, what we did was we went, um, back and, um, she was with that baby and you can do a few things. It depends on your beliefs. Like what is what you're comfortable with? You can, um, see if you, if you're a person who, um, is comfortable, um, with angels, um, you can ask an angel to come and comfort that baby, but it's not just comfort because Again, this is in the area of psychology. When you get down to the anxiety and the, oh, your mom did this, they'll be like, great, let's leave it then. Let's get away from that. But you want to go deeper Mm. and you want to either, whether you're experiencing it from, let's say, as the baby who was judged, you want to feel those rejected emotions and, and, and acknowledge them and be with them as long you don't try to get out of them because 
that's what happened. That's how the wounds um, are maintained is by avoiding the emotions. You stay in the emotion and then let it change on its own. And it does because it flows through you like a wave. It might turn a little darker before it turns clearer, but it really doesn't. If you give it your full attention, then it changes really quickly and it's not as scary as it seems. <laughs> Sounds. So yeah, or you can actually, this is actually, well, this is a form of shadow work that I'm explaining right now called inner child work, which you've probably heard that phrase before. So another thing you could do is like, you could have an angel come for the baby. You can have your adult self, like the you that you are now be the parent and like hold and comfort the baby, but mm -hmm. still experiencing those, those deep emotions. Or you can have, you can rewrite the scenario and have your mother, like the baby's mother come and say, I should never have said, you know, like rewrite the scene. And, right. but the point is, of it is to feel all of the emotions really profoundly. Okay. And then mm -hmm. the way that you choose to, I, I don't want to say separate because I don't think you separate yourself from it ever. Right. You just, you acknowledge it and you heal it. You always yeah. acknowledge probably that it's still always going to be part of, even though you shine a light on it, even though you, it just goes away. It well, okay. Away. okay. Here's, this is, this is the thing you can't really understand it until you do it. Or oh. I should say I. So I, one of my traumatic things that I've had in my life, I was um, abused, physically abused and to, in a sexual manner. And that's so hard. I mean, abuse survivors out there, you know, and when it's sexual, it, it, it does some, it's just gets in there in a different way. And there's so much shame and, and like, I mean, your body just wants to vomit from every cell and you know what I mean? So when I was, I was at a place, this was several months ago and I was like, okay, I want to forgive my abuser because I know that's the only way I can be free. And just even saying it, I was like angry at oh, the yeah, universe. You don't want to forgive them. You know, yeah. they don't deserve your forgiveness. Yes. I had gotten to the point right. where I, even I could accept that it would be helpful for me to forgive. But my, my, and my complaint was it's not, it's not fair because I can't forget. How am I possible? How is it possible that I can forgive when I remember and I can feel it? Mm -hmm. And I was angry about it, and so I just released it at that time. So now I can feel, and it's it's a work in progress, but I can feel a great deal of forgiveness. I'm really, really deep into the forgiveness, and once by doing like the the some of the shadow work, once I really traveled into that um, afterward, I don't. I re it's not that I don't remember it. Of course I remember, but it has no charge. Oh, interesting. It's weird. It's like, how is that possible? Right. But it's more like a movie. Mm-hmm. So you can understand that. Like, yes. you watch the movie, and it's a story, you know. Yeah. And you don't feel the physical feelings. Yeah. You just, you know, if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person, maybe you, you can feel some of those. Mm -hmm. But you know they don't belong to you. They yes. belong to somebody else. And exactly. it's easy to step away. Right. That's what it's like. Right. So, oh, okay. So you can imagine so that. all yeah. of a sudden, when you do this work, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can look at that wounded child and say, you know, those aren't my feelings anymore. The feelings just, so you do it, you bring a, you turn a light on in that area of the room and then you stop and like that client that I was just talking about when she left and she was like, whew, she did a lot of work. And I was like, you don't have to do anything else. And she's like, I don't. I'm like, no, you've done it. Oh, this is amazing. I think that's it. I really, I have to say, I think a lot of people would benefit from this because, yeah. um, even the perceived wrongs, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? As a child, we, we don't have this, um, life experience to color, you know, our experiences at the time. So 
even something that is innocuous can feel like a wound. Yes, that's right. It can feel like we, you know, and I suspect some of my self-limiting beliefs come from things that um, maybe weren't meant to hurt me. You know right. what I mean? They were just innocuous mm -hmm. or offhanded or, you know, we all have a bad day and we say something dumb. Yeah. But, um, but I do, th this makes sense for me. And mm -hmm. I think it would make sense for a lot of other people. Um, I kept, when you were talking about like shining a light on it mm -hmm. and then being able to separate yourself or whatever, I kept thinking of, um, something that we'll talk about in another podcast, but stay tuned, stay tuned <laughs> is, uh, cutting cords. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. And that is, that uh -huh. is maybe another way to, um, you know, to heal this. The yeah. shadow, you sure. know, that could be part of shadow work. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm definitely. Sure a lot of people have heard the term, you know, cutting a cord. Yeah. Um, and that has worked for me in, mm -hmm. in my life. But um, what is another way to help yes. heal these wounds? Okay, so I was just, um, I guess the best way to, to talk about it is I was shown. I'm like my guides, my guidance uh, brought forth this little technique to do it. I mean, there's all kinds. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you could Google and find tons of different ways to do shadow work. Um, so yeah, this technique just developed and it's been very impactful for me. Um, so before I explain that, I have to digress to explain no, what leads up to it. Yeah. Okay. So um, basically, as everyone knows, we're all, everything is energy. Everything that's physical is energy. Um, energy... Hello. <laughs> That's okay. okay. It's a one more. It's a live broadcast. You still have a landline? I know, right? What do you use it, it for? Totally weird. You use it so that um, nine one one. Oh, for nine one one. And to give telemarketers telemarketers to do during the day. <laughs> yeah. No, but they they call your cell phones now. Yeah, and I know because it always comes from like a four eight zero number. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like GoDaddy. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Send those right to voicemail. But uh, uh, yeah, that is the only reason we still have a landline. That's right. Yeah, this is yeah. this is live broadcasting. People might hear a dog bark. Yeah, or this growl. Yeah, might or groan. Um, so okay, energy. Yeah, right. and energy um, expresses in waves and particles. So basically, science. Um, science. Check your hypotenuses. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my line. I just robbed it. For no, something. that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't think that's applicable. <laughs> um, the so waves uh, waves collapse into particles. Particles are the first entry into the physical realm. Um, light is the first um, kind of particular matter. The first thing, the first, the lowest, not lowest, but the first entry from waveform into part particle form. Okay. Okay. And then particles eventually will um, dematerialize and return back to waves. Is got that it. good? We got that? Yep. Is that makes sense to me? Simple enough. I, I'm not, I'm, that's, I can't get more complex. I, <laughs> I watch Mythbusters. <laughs> I know about particles and things. <laughs> but I, yeah. and, and waves are more like the expanded, um, uh, ref, uh, expression of energy right. and then particles be more contracted. And so we can think about breathing. That's a beautiful metaphor of expanding and contracting. We need both. Right. Okay. So, um, thoughts become things. We know that, right? If yes. we're looking, we're watching a, uh, uh, you know, we don't have any viewers 
on our we Periscope. We had one. We did. We had one. Well, because we haven't we haven't added any followers yet, or yeah, I haven't followed anyone yet, so we're probably oh. not as um, well, that's okay. exposed. But anyway, this will just be for the YouTuber. <laughs> so um, thoughts become things, and that is that is true. Everything, everything is energy before everything is energy, but everything is a wave, or everything is non-physical before it's physical. Right. The information inside a seed is non-physical, and it creates the flower. Right. right? So, um, th- so thoughts are waves. You know they, they that you know we, we, all of our thoughts. I we, I said this earlier to you, and it freaked you out. <laughs> oh, all of our thoughts still exist. No. <laughs> I don't, I can't accept this. I don't accept this. I've I've had some terrible thoughts. I've had some really... The worst about yourself, I'm sure, because that's what we all do. Well... You're not as aware of them. They're coming from the shadow. Yeah, no, you're you're probably right. I just don't want... It's not only in the shadow, Uh, it's in the, it's in the the silence. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly right, which is probably worse, but... Oh, yeah. yeah, just the thought of that. That thoughts don't go away, people. And you so just thought just... it, so that didn't go. That's not going away. <laughs> there again. Okay, so thoughts. Terrible cycle. All of our thoughts <laughs> exist, um, and they are waves. So then, when we put a lot of focused energy on a particular thought, whether it's us as an individual or many people thinking a similar or same thought, then it starts to collapse into a particle somewhat. And uh, go from waveform to particle. It becomes more of a thing even than just the wave thing that it was. It becomes more particular. Got it. Um, And um, so when that happens, it starts to create... It starts to become something um, rather, rather, you know, like I said, in more almost physical um, uh, kind of density... And um, it, it will begin to exist on many dimensions, a multi, multi-dimensional um, uh, form, rather than just like something more simple. Um, now, source, divine, God, you know, the, the pure, unconditional love, um, li- wherever our life force comes from, exists on all, is all dimensions and infinite dimensions. Um, Angels, for example, or um, high-order light beings exist on all dimensions. Our souls exist on, or our spirit, you know, our, the eternal part of us exists on all dimensions. Thought forms don't exist on all. So thought forms is what it becomes. So when something, mm. when we think a thought a lot, or uh, there's a lot of focused energy on it, whether from an individual or many people, it's some, something in this form that, that is referred to as a thought form. Okay. There's a word, um, tulpa, that I've heard Teal Swan use. And I think she says that's an ancient Sanskrit word, um, but it's a so thought form. So it's not just a wave uh, of a thought. It's now starting to um, have form. So this is why something like um, demons exist in some people's perspectives. Mm, okay, demons are not something that were created by source um, or you know anything, and they're they're in all uh, you know cultures and beliefs. Systems, not on all. Actually, I'm sure there are probably plenty of belief systems in which they don't exist. They don't exist in my belief system, <laughs> right? <laughs> my personal belief my system, neither, right? Yeah, um, but people can have shared experiences because they have created a thought form, um, and it, you know there can be a lot of similar thoughts in that area, and that's why they have um, those experiences. So, um, the reason I'm bringing that up 
is because it leads to the exercise that um, was developed with me, through me, given to me by guides. Do you have any questions so far? I don't want to keep yammering. Um, no, okay. I don't think so. For me, I think this is it's making sense Okay, so far. So it, it occurred to me, or it was, I was divinely, it was divinely revealed to me that, remember that uh, kid that could be seen and not heard? Yes. And then there's the kid who um, has a divine um, value to be a leader? Yes. So these are two me's. This one that um, is to be seen and not heard, who believes that? is a thought form that I created because I've been believing in her my entire life. <gasps> That's right. So she, That's she right. is basically like, um, you know, I'm fractured. We're all fractured. So you can separate that almost like a personality. Um, a, it's a portion of my personality that I've created. It's not a, it's not one that exists on all dimensions. It's not one that helps me. It's not one that I, sh I, I take that back. I don't want to say it's not one that helps me because there's a point that, she sort of did help me. I'm just going to say she, like she's a whole different. <laughs> yeah, like she's no, a, I think that makes sense. Yeah, because it, it, making her real is very helpful. So the thing is, she was actually developed and she came into existence because she was trying to help me. She was trying to keep me alive. Right. So her intentions were pure. Right. And yeah, so now you're seeing her like, oh, I love her. I want to give her a hug. Yeah. Well, I literally did that. And tell her. Yeah. You can be a leader. Yeah. No, she doesn't have to change. That's the thing. Oh. Embracing her exactly as she is. So this is what... So this is the answer. I'm going to actually look at my notes because I wrote it down after it came to me. Okay. So I have this... I call this exercise so far um, Thought Form Self-Release. Thought Form Self-Release. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's just what I've I like pointed it. so far. Okay. So wait, let me just to recap mm -hmm. before you yeah. get into this because um, there was a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. So we we have this thing that happened in childhood and it's caused a wound. It's caused us to deny an actual part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, because we've given this so much thought, we've, we've created this basic entity. Mm -hmm. You know, we've created yeah. this, this thing, this little girl who wants to be a leader but is not allowed to be a leader. Mm -hmm. She's being denied right. somehow. Okay, so that is the thought form. Mm -hmm. And now um, we have a way that can actually, actually help. Yes. Okay. Right. And that's where we're at right now. So this that's is the exercise that, um, that you were inspired yes. to come up with. Okay. So in a, I just entered into... A, meditation the way that I normally do. Um, or I mean a meditative state, you know, not necessarily, it wasn't, my meditations aren't necessarily transcendental, um, strictly because I think transcendental meditation is often about, you know, just stopping all thought. I mean, I am stopping all thought. I basically hand the thought over to, um, the divine. That's how I feel about it. But I go into alpha brain function, um, and it's, you know, visualizations begin. But I went in with the intent to um, recognize this thought form self. And um, so what I did, what, let's see, I wrote down, so recognize a thought form of yourself that needs releasing. Mm -hmm. So basically I went into uh, my meditation and I saw myself um, actually elevating up um, to a, a higher dimension um, than I normally exist in. 
during my meditations. And so I went up there and um, I saw I saw this thought form self of me. And um, as I did that, actually, into the picture came Jesus because, and I'm not I'm not Christian religion, but Jesus is an ascended master that I have a lot of connection with. And um, he's like a, a really important teacher in my life. So Jesus entered and I was like, oh, okay, apparently I need Jesus's help. <laughs> Jesus like, I got you this. Got Girl, I got you. <laughs> Up. Step aside. <laughs> you need Jesus. Um, I have a t-shirt. That says, I know. Y'all need Jesus. Need Jesus. <laughs> I should be wearing it right now. You should be wearing yeah. it right now. <laughs> okay, so Jesus showed up. And the thing is, what's interesting, well, the reason I mention it particularly is because I feel like sometimes Jesus shows up um, and then I'm like, oh, because I didn't, I wasn't looking for him. You know what I mean? I didn't invoke him or invite him. Um, but he showed up. So it's, it's a couple of times he showed up and I'm like, Oh, okay. I really need to pay attention right now. So that happens sometimes like guides or angels or wh whoever in my meditation, they will show up like a, um, a high, um, vibrational entity or being will show up. And I'm like, Oh, I need to be paying attention because I wasn't looking for them. Right. <laughs> At least I didn't know I was looking for them. Right. So anyway, Jesus shows up and, um, he's, you know, just holding the space basically is, I guess the one way to look at it. And so, um, I was with her, this thought form of myself, and I, I listened to her. I felt into her. Um, I, I spent time with her, and I let her, I let her feel all of the, the ways that she was created, um, from not just children are to be seen and not heard, but all of the other things that she experienced, all of the things that she, how she was also wounded, and then... I stayed with her for a while and I felt all of her pain and I had compassion for her. I had empathy for her, meaning that I actually, I, I both, you know, I empathized with her so that I felt it with her again. And then I let it turn into compassion, let it, you know, I just continue to be there and I didn't rush anything. It can take, I don't know how long it can, you know, will take. Um, it just didn't matter. And then, and then after a while I started to see the good work she had done because the times that children were to be seen and not heard in, in a way that that seemed real, she was looking out for me and I was keeping myself, she was keeping me safe and that was always her intention and I honored her for all of her intentions. And then I showed her, look, look where we are now. Look what you've done. I mean, you're, you're a part of this and you've done this and we've done this. And, you know, just really like spent a lot of time with her. And so then I said to her, because um, I'm a medium, and I just realized that she, she could be crossed over into the light. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, this is new. You have not told me this. Uh, no, I haven't. This is yeah. amazing. So, I and I wasn't... So, a lot of times when mediums are crossing over ghosts or entities that are, like, supposedly negative or bad... Uh, that's not, I, I, I'm not saying, placing any judgment on how that happens, but it's not like I'm casting her away. It wasn't that at all. Yeah. What, what I did was I, I basically said, you know, you've done such a great work and look what we've done. I'm really bonded with her. And I said, you can graduate now. You're welcome to graduate. I thank you for your work. Oh, wow. I'm getting a little emotional. Oh, that's so <laughs> I, sad. I have the chills yeah. right now. That is. And I thanked her for her work. And when I 
when I told her, you know, you can graduate now, you can go and you can go home and you can have your healing. Essentially, on a, in a less emotional, like just, a, you know, crude way, I don't need to believe in her anymore. I can withdraw my thoughts from her and then she can dematerialize and become a wave. Like the energy that is collected in that thought form, um, I am consciously um, affecting dematerialization so that it can become waveform again. And that, that, what that looks like is going into the light, basically going back to source and being changed back into neutral energy. Oh, that's interesting. And, I and guess that's it, what happens with ghosts and entities. You know what I mean? Like that's what that is anyway. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I love that. That makes so, so much sense, especially if you look at it in the, like the broader sense that, um, there are those who believe that we are all one, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, there's no difference between you and I yeah. and that when we go to heaven, like these names that we were given, we don't need them anymore. We don't respond yeah. to that's something that we do here. Right. Right. Uh, you know, because we're individuals yes. and, but when we are, because we all come from source or mm-hmm. divine or spirit or God or whoever, we all just become one again. Exactly. You know, we're all that connected. Mm-hmm. And so you were able to do that. And it's interesting because when you talk about mediums and how they, uh, they assist, um, you know, spirits or whatever to cross over. We think of that as a completely separate person, mm-hmm. completely separate. Right. And you move it on. But what you're saying is this amazing concept that we can, we can allow parts of ourselves, you know, or these things that we've created to help survival, you know, to yes. whatever we can, they don't serve us any longer, you know, and now they can let their own healing begin. Right. And, and it has to be done from the perspective of complete acceptance because what we resist persists. Because if I were saying, get out, I'm, I, I want you to leave, then I'm in the vibration of resisting. And so then that actually just that's where I am. I'm resisting something. There's something's not going to go away because I need something to resist in order to be in the position of resistance. You know yes. what I mean? Like that's just, yes. that's the frequency that, that that is. Right. So that's why really accepting her and honoring her deeply Aww. and like, like looking her in the face and being in love with her. Right. Um, just feeling such gratitude for her. Yes. Gratitude. Getting to a place of real gratitude. So Actually, I digress. Before um, I got to the place where I crossed her over, um, which I haven't, I guess I haven't quite done yet. So what I did along the way of um, feeling all of that appreciation and getting to gratitude with her is I, I do this a lot in in other shadow work too. Is I, it's a modified version of this Hawaiian um, kind of prayer and um, what I don't know technique as well itself, um, and it's called Ho'oponopono. <laughs> That's actually close. I got it pretty good. Just, I mean, <laughs> I didn't stutter. They're supposed to be. You know, oh. you're bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So ho'oponopono is um, like it, it's actually they do it in their family. The way I've this is modified of just to shorthand it is um, to take this in this situation. I took the the thought for me, and I um, said these statements to her. And as I said them, I tried to explore all of the ways that they were true. So the first statement is, I'm sorry. Mm. And so I just explored all of the ways that I'm sorry was true with me and the thought form me, um, who believed that she should be seen and not heard. 
Um, the next um, is I Forgive You. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I just explored, again, all of that. Yeah. What would you have to forgive her for? Um, that's the thing. You explore it a lot. And sometimes, you, and if you, can't find a, if you can't find any truth in that phrase, then your work is already done. Ah. Uh, well, I could say I forgive you. I forgive you for, um, for when I, be- okay. So there was a time that I believe you were holding me back. There was a, mm. um, and I, if there's any portion of that's, that is true, I forgive you. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes there's sense. a part, there's a part of me that would believe that you are, that, that calls you a limiting belief. Oh, and if you are limiting me, I forgive right. you. You know, yeah. it's just, you know how forgiving someone just brings you so much closer to them. So sure. that's the only, like right now, the only way I can feel that I could make that true in any way. Um, but really explore it. And, and it's, there, you can't be wrong. You can't say anything that's wrong because as you say it, it may not feel like, so like if, if I you explore that, like, I'm sorry, I forgive you for holding me back. And even as you utter the words, whether, you know, aloud or in your mind, you're like, well, that doesn't make, that's not true. But because just expressing it or getting close to it, you've now changed it. Just like, that's why we feel the emotions really deeply. Right. Um, so if you come across something like that, you're exploring ways to, you know, exploring topics of conversation, I guess, really. Sure. Um, if you come across something that doesn't resonate with you, either it's already taken care of or mm-hmm. it just wasn't, it was never. Yeah. And it doesn't it matter. Factor. It doesn't matter when or if it, it yeah. Okay. But if it showed up, it, it, it deserves attention. Good. I got you know it. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, I'm sorry. I forgive you. Um, I love you. And, um, I love you next along with I love you is thank you. Thank you. And I love you kind of happen at the same time. Aww. Cause it's like, I love you. Be- uh, thank you because this, you know, it, it just, actually it's thank you. And then I love you just naturally is always naturally the, the, um, the follow through there. Oh, got it. Okay. So that's it. Um, that, that those, I just find those four statements a really great way to explore all of the ways to really relate to and to feel all of the emotions. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Of that wounded child. Then she, she began as a wounded child. She's not just the, you know, five-year-old or the infant or whenever it was that she started to begin to form, become a thought form. She's been with me the whole time, um, unchecked. Yeah. I've been contributing to it, to her. My thoughts have, you know, unconsciously continued to um, contribute to that thought form. Right. Mm-hmm. And over time, I guess she grows and becomes more real because mm-hmm. you're still feeding her with thoughts. And mm-hmm. so I, if that makes sense. Could you, I, I know we're running out of time, but, uh, okay. um, so you had this because you had this child who was injured by the children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I have one of my limiting beliefs is um, maybe that I I don't deserve to have, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure that that started in childhood somehow, but I know that is a, it's a really common thing yeah. that a lot of people struggle with. Like yeah. we don't, we just feel like we don't deserve mm-hmm. this, whatever this is, fill in the blank, sure. you know? And so we sabotage it mm-hmm. or we find ourselves just feeling unworthy of it and, so sometimes these things go away. Sometimes these things that we really wanted in our lives, we just couldn't accept yes. that um, we deserve them yeah. because we don't deserve to have. Right. Right. Um, 
what is a way, like if we were going to run through your, your exercise, mm-hmm. how would we, how would we meet that child? How would, what would we tell her or him? And so we, so that could be released. Well, what, one way to start is obviously in your, you know, very relaxed mind and, you know, focus and everything. One thing you can do, so in the area of not being able to receive, not being able to have, you can ask yourself, um, when was the uh, last time I felt this way? And just ask yourself that. And whatever comes to mind. Whether, even if it's, no matter what the scenario is, it, whether it was last week, whether it was 10 years ago, whether you're sure it happened or not, if you imagine it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you dreamed about it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Whatever shows up, if you, whatever scenario, whatever feeling shows up, pay attention to that. And then um, explore that and try to take down what's really important is to feel into it. And what I mean by that is to just be with the emotions and, tr- and stay with each emotion as long as you can until they change into something else. Um, and the other question, you, after you ask yourself that and explore it, you can ask, when was the first time I felt this way? Um, by exploring the more current time, it's going to bring you deeper into the vibration. Oh. And then the first time. Smart. Yeah. So yeah. then if you can ask yourself, when is the first time? And again, if, it, if you see yourself, you know, two years old with an Easter basket and you're like, how could I possibly remember that? It doesn't matter. Even if you're making it up, your, your being is giving you a scenario that you can use. Right. Okay. Oh, got it. Okay. And then we can just run through like the exercise. Well, I think it takes a little exploration, takes some time because, uh, it took me a while and some other techniques to actually dial in to children are to be seen and not heard. Um, but that's a way to begin. Yeah. That's definitely a way to begin. Well, it's interesting because, um, a lot of people won't know this, Mm -hmm. but you and I actually went to high school together. Yeah. And, um, the first time I ever heard that phrase was, from you. Oh, you remember? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I do. Wow. It's, uh, and I'd heard it like since then, mm-hmm. but it didn't affect me the same way yeah. that it affected you. Of course. It yeah. wasn't, you know, I heard it and was like, well, I don't even know what that means. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but it is, it's interesting to note though, that some people, you know, two people can hear the same thing and mm-hmm. it will affect one person differently than it affects the other. And sure. I guess, I mean, that's what makes the world go round. So anybody that maybe is listening to this that doesn't necessarily relate to that. We all have these things. Yeah. We, every single one of us has this, you know, I, I keep going back to a self-limiting belief because that's mm-hmm. where my head is. That's like, it's easier for me to relate to like those, those words. and like, I guess that terminology. Yeah. Yeah. But we all have that. And so the important thing is to pinpoint it and it's going to take some work. Like, and this is work. It's work. It is work. And the limiting belief, that is absolutely, no, I'm, I'm not uh, rejecting that at all. The limiting belief is sort of the place to start though. Oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll give you the clue. Yeah. The limiting belief is what is the emotion beneath this limiting belief. Right. And the emotion is the way to track back to the uh, original wound because that is a through line. Yeah. That is absolutely a through line. I want to exp- I want to share with you how that exercise ended because that oh yes yeah because it, it this is it was really powerful so I so I told her that you know she could graduate now that she could go and get her healing basically cross over to the light and um, so she, you know she did and again Jesus is there and he's sort of and he was like holding me with light and she crossed over 
And I felt grief. I felt loss. I felt a hole in me. And I was like, okay, feel this. Feel this. It's like I lost a friend. And I did, actually. She was a friend. She was someone who tried to keep me alive, who had great intentions. And I stayed there. And now, and then I was like, this is why Jesus is here. Because Jesus filled that hole with light and was holding me. I mean, I felt the grief and I let the grief stay there. And I felt loss. And I felt emptiness. Uh, I mean, I wasn't completely empty, but I felt felt a void. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was a little scary. I was like, whew. Now I'm, I'm just doing this on my own now. Oh, crap. <laughs> and Jesus held me and filled it with light until I felt like I wasn't going to fall down. You know, I mean, like I'm talking about like in my mind and, you know, and then, and then just wrapped me in light and did some light work. And then eventually, you know, I came out of my meditation, but that is like, that was another part of it. That's how much I need, she needed to be honored was that I actually, I was going to feel that loss anyway. I wouldn't have known why, you know what I mean? If somehow I had, um, vibrated out of her frequency I would have it, it feels like when you when you do um I remember you talking about a time when you felt like all of a sudden you had your some bondage yes. taken off your hands yes that felt weird right yes it felt a little scary yeah right? it felt a little free folly right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it did and so you had just done basically this kind of work just naturally you had vibrated up you know, raised your vibration and so something just naturally fell off you mm-hmm. know rather than pursuing it head on like we're doing here it's just like kind of a, it's a fast way to get through some of this stuff oh <laughs> oh so crazy it's just it's amazing um you know how much better you can feel after something mm-hmm. like this because now i don't think you attach the same energy to hearing that phrase oh but what i wanted to say mm. before is you know i first heard it from you like mm. we were in high school and um when you and I sort of both discovered the word empath at the same time. Do you remember that? When we were in school? No, no. This was later. This oh. was probably just a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't remember <laughs> it in school. <laughs> I forgot it for some reason. No, no, no. Uh, because yeah. I, had found, I found a list of, um, it was a very comprehensive list of, you know, the traits of an empath. And oh, I sent okay, it yeah. to you oh, yeah. and you were reading it. And uh-huh. one of them was you were told as a child. Oh, I forgot do you that. that. I do, oh. do right now. Yeah. Isn't that? And then uh, oh. that kind of ushered in some of this other stuff. But, yes. But it was, it was funny. The energy that so much energy because there were a list of 30 things. Yeah. And that was the one. That one was really That charged. was the one that you talked about. Yeah. yeah. Like Wild. the rebellion that you, that you could relate to, Amazing. but it was that one that you were like, it, it was so emotional for you and wow. there were tears and part of that was just like, you know, I've discovered this thing about me, but yeah. the other thing was, um, that sort of made you relate to it on this whole other level. But yeah. Um, so it's interesting to be here two years later, I guess. Yeah, I think it's something like that. And oh, it's not even. It's not even two years. Uh Uh-uh. December 14 was when I really learned that I was an empath. Right. So So a year and a half. It's crazy. (laughs) So anyway, but to be here. Yes. So I look at your journey and because Mm -hmm. this show is all about the spiritual journey of not only, you know, ourselves, but other people and like what that means to them and what that looks like. And um, so it's, I think it's very fitting that, you know, we're talking about this right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, amazing. I that's why that's why we have each other. I, I didn't remember that part at all. Oh, you did it because that no. was, that always struck me. Just wow. those two incidents, you know, and we're talking over a span of something three years. Three, since high three school. years since high school. <laughs> so crazy. We get to have our first glass of wine today. Crazy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's it's mm. been such a treat. I just said it's been such a treat. You did. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> just old. A treat like butterscotch? <laughs> like a butterscotch can? I got one in my purse. <laughs> it's probably still warm. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we're at about an hour's mark. Okay. Right now great. we don't have any more time today, but um, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I know this was long, but I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people could benefit from this and thank you so much for sharing because this was like, you know, I mean, I know not everybody's going to understand, but this was, um, a big, it was such a big turning point for you and yes, it definitely was. And I think it can help other people. And so I hope so. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Oh, here comes Max the puppy. He wants to, he says me too. Me too. I was in there. I did it. (laughs) Anyway, so thank you all for joining us. I'm Tamlin Preston. This is Patricia Aaron Carr. And I'll see you next time on My Divine Life.